Hey everybody, this is David opposing the Matrix. Um, wow, what a week. Um, Monday we weren't on because we had a power failure here. And uh, that means we can't go on. And so um, I apologize for that, but it was beyond my control. And I just want to um, thank you for hanging in there and waiting for tonight's show. Um, all week I've, it's weird. I've wanted to do a show, but I haven't. And I don't know why that is, but that doing it won out over the not doing it tonight. So although it's kind of late, um, if anybody's listening, that's fantastic. If not, I understand. Um, so, um, if you're watching on Twitch, greetings. If you're watching on Twitter, greetings and we shall go from here um i apologize that it looks like i'm looking down all the time um, i'm looking straight at my screen but the camera is up here and uh, i got one of those humongous 32 inch lcd curves and uh, it is what it is so anyway uh thank you for being here or for watching when you do get this um when it's loaded up and you were able to get it. So anyway, uh, last week we talked about food, clothing, and shelter and about, um, <clears throat> actually we talked about food and gasoline, sorry, and about how things are be going to become scarce. And, uh, you know, it makes sense that if you don't have gas to put in the trucks and then the trains, the, the food's not going to be distributed. Uh, the farmers aren't going to be able to, to, um, to operate their equipment, some of which is humongous. Uh, you should see it around here sometimes. I've never seen wheels so big. Well, only thing I've seen them bigger on is a Euclid vehicle, um, that dump truck years ago. But um, anyway, uh, let's see. So, <clears throat> yeah, we talked about that, that it's a natural, you know, it's natural. It's a domino effect thing where no gas, no trains, no food. <laughs> Um, no, no trucks and stuff like that. And a lot of truckers are being put out of work, but it's, it's goes much deeper than that. Okay. <clears throat> Please understand that that's just the tip of the iceberg. Basically. Um, we know that, uh, and we learned in school, hopefully we all learned that uh, the basic needs in life are food, clothing, and shelter. If you have food, you can eat, <clears throat> you have clothing, you can socialize and if you have shelter, you're protected from the uh, the elements, whether they be the heat or the cold. Um, more the cold because when it gets hot out, unless you have an air conditioner or a, a swamp cooler or a fan, nothing uh, nothing will appease you. <laughs> um, believe me, I know. You know, back in uh, you younger people don't know how good you have it actually. Um, back in the uh, early '60s, uh, I can remember a lot of us didn't have air conditioning. And that was a real problem back in New Jersey, uh, where it gets very muggy in the summertime. And, uh, so what would happen is <laughs> you'd have a fan on you and, and that was okay, but it wasn't the answer, the total answer uh, to cooling you down. And, uh, you'd go to bed at night <clears throat> and wake up all night because you were sweating. And then you would uh, get up in the morning and your sheets were soaking wet because you sweat all night while you were sleeping. And uh, nowadays, uh, the creature comforts are more prevalent everywhere, and everybody's able to to keep cool or keep warm, as the case may be. So, okay, 
So where do we go from here? Okay. When I was in nursing school, um, one of the things that they, they talked to us about, um, was Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And you've all seen the food pyramids out there. You know, they, they tell you what are the most important foods. Those are on the bottom. And then as you get up to the top on that particular scale, it's, uh, you know, it goes from what you can eat a lot of to what you shouldn't eat a lot of. <laughs> and, you know, hamburgers and grease and stuff like that was up at the top. So, um, but this one is, um, is needs in a, in a way of, um, physiological and psychological. Okay. So, uh, if you look at, well, you can't, <laughs> sorry. Um, but the pyramid, uh, at the bottom, the very bottom is psychological needs. Okay. Then above that is safety needs and above that is belonging and love needs. Now these are, are all things that, uh, socially we need to, to survive and have a healthy, uh, healthy attitude and healthy life, uh, psychologically. Uh, then there's the esteem needs and there's the cognitive and the aesthetic, the self-actualization and the transcendence. Okay. Let me repeat that transcendence almost sounded like Foster Brooks. And if you know who he is, then you're as old as I am. Um, or near, near that age anyway. So, um, Maslow, uh, we, this was pounded into us at nursing school because nurses, we take care of the needs of people. Okay. We're the ones that are, you know, are there when, when people come in and are all freaking out, we're there to calm them down when they're, um, when they're, when they're, of course, when they're bleeding and stuff like that, we're there to stop the bleeding. Um, we're there to administer medications and everything else that makes the pain go away. And if you can stop the bleeding, make the pain go away and comfort the person, you've done half of the healing job right there because healing happens a lot easier when people are, are calm and, um, and they don't have, uh, all that other stuff because stress only raises your blood pressure. Everything else, when your blood pressure is raised, you bleed more, uh, you know, so, um, so we have to know this as nurses. Uh, I'm a retired nurse now, but, uh, as a nurse, you need to know these things that, um, so the, the physiological needs are the, the most important. Okay. That's taking care of the body. All right. Then safety. Um, people aren't right if they don't feel safe. You know, you ever seen somebody? <laughs> I'll tell you what, watch the movie Conspiracy Theory with Mel Brooks and you'll see what happens to people when they don't feel safe. <laughs> it's a really good movie, by the way. Um, the guy in the movie, uh, Mel Brooks plays a guy that's his name is Joe, I think. And, um, he's somebody that was experimented on by the CIA and, uh, he escaped and they're trying to find him. And he knows that. And, uh, he set up his apartment in such a awesome way. <laughs> I mean, little things like putting a beer bottle on the doorknob. So if the doorknobs jiggle, the beer bottle falls off and alerts you that somebody's there. Um, but, uh, you know, he had a whole escape route, uh, built, uh, for him to get out of there. And it's just a great movie, but he's very paranoid <laughs> in the movie. And, uh, anyway, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I like things like that that are kind of offbeat, but um, I really enjoyed that movie. So you might want to check it out. Uh, excuse me. I have to drink uh, the nectar, the coffee, in order to stay awake tonight.
Okay, that was a nice big gulp. So, anyway, I want to look at this a little long, a little more because this is all going to tie into what I'm going to talk about tonight because, oh, come on. Okay. I thought I was having a problem here with the, uh, the website. Um, anyway, the guy who invented his name was Abraham Maslow. Um, and he wrote this, all these things in 1943, proposes theory. Uh, it's a theory of human um, motivation. Okay. And it's, it makes a lot of sense. All the stuff I learned in nursing school, some of it didn't make sense to me because it, it was either new age or it was, um, uh, being a believer in Yeshua, you, you kind of look at things a little differently than uh, the normal world does. And when they were trying to explain some of this stuff to me, it's like, this is, you know, I was like, this is garbage. I can't adhere to this anyway. Uh, so what are we talking about in physiological needs? Okay. We're talking about air, water, food, uh, sexual intercourse, sleep, clothes, and shelter. Okay. Those are, that's the basal things we need. If you don't get sleep, your life's a mess. If you don't have clothes, your life's a mess too, because you have to stay home. We can't go out. Um, and shelter helps us to, to get to sleep and it gives us a place to change our clothes. Um, the sex is important, of course, um, when we're that age. Um, food is important, of course. Without food, we die. Water is important, even more important than food, because you can go without food for a number of days. You can't go without water for more than three or four days, and uh, you're in trouble. And, of course, air. If there's no air, there's no you. Okay. So that's what it means by the physiological needs. Now, the safety needs, okay, are a little higher up on the scale, health, personal security, emotional security, and financial security. Okay. Those are the things that will allow us, uh, they're, they're like the, the topping on that layer of the cake, basically. Um, once we have the, the bottom layer, we have health and we have personal security. Um, and as a believer in Yeshua, we know that Yahweh is in, is the one that it gives us personal security, emotional security, and fi- financial security. Um, remember, Yeshua said, without me, you can do nothing. Uh, and, of course, he's there when we fall into bad health. And that doesn't mean that we don't go to the doctor. Okay, you do go to the doctor. Yahweh gave us doctors so that we could uh, we could have that when we need it. Now we go to the social belongings and needs. Um Family, friendship, intimacy, trust, acceptance, receiving and giving love and affection. Okay. And I think that we can all agree that those are all very important. Um, some of us have had families where, you know, some of the members of the family, you know, I can remember when I was young, we, we had some very questionable characters in our family. Um, most of the people were good, you know, but some of them were like, uh, kind of like um, crazy <laughs> um, so okay so that's family friendship is important um, I think all of us have at least that one friend that we can lean on and, and trust for for needs and for prayer if that's that's what you do or support or and or support and um, and things like that so friendship is important it helps us to become more social and to do better um, 
creatures, can I use that word? Intimacy. Now, this doesn't mean intimacy with a person of the opposite sex. And it certainly doesn't mean sexual uh, intimacy with a person of the same sex. But it means just being close to somebody. And, and I think that goes along with trust, too, because if you're intimate with somebody, you have their trust and they have yours. So that's the next thing down on the list, actually. Um, we all need somebody to trust. And, and nowadays, that's getting harder and harder to find, you know. Of course, there's spouses we trust. Um, there's there's children that sometimes we trust. Um, you know, sometimes kids go down the wrong path and you really can't can't trust them if, if you really needed the help. Um, uh, acceptance, acceptance is the next thing on the list. We have to have that. Now, we have to not just receive acceptance, but to give acceptance. And remember, everything that I'm describing on this list, basically, you don't just suck in. You give it out, too. Um, and then receiving and giving love and affection. I don't know how many of you remember when you were a child how important it was that your your mother gave you a hug or that your father came in and kissed you before you went to bed at night. Um or that any relative did that, you know, if you lived with a, a different, in a different family situation, uh, you had somebody to love you, even if it was a sibling. And, uh, and it builds not just for that time, but it builds for, for the future. I remember my sister and I fought like cats and dogs when we were kids. Now we're best friends, you know, more than best friends, actually. We just, you know, we, we count on one another and need one another all the time. You know, it's, it's really neat how that worked out because when I was a kid, I wondered if we were ever going to get along. Um, okay. And then there's esteem needs. And we know that esteem is the respect and admiration of a person, but also self-respect and respect from others. Okay. Um, I run into a lot of people, especially believers that don't have a lot of self-respect. Okay. And I kind of know why that is. Um, not totally why, but, you know, we're told to not deny self in scripture. And some people take that the wrong way in that they, they're supposed, they, they, they totally deny themselves. Okay. Yes. We're supposed to think about others before we think about ourselves, but we're not supposed to just give up on ourselves and say, okay, well, you know, if I pick the, the longest straw, maybe God will pick me to go into heaven, you know, or, or maybe God doesn't, if people think God doesn't love me. You know, which was just totally wrong. And if you know that God loves you, that helps you to love yourself. Okay. Not in a, a narcissistic sort of way or sociopathic or psychopathic sort of way, but, um, just you can tell if a person respects themselves. They're usually the ones that are clean cut. Uh, their hair is washed. Um, they wear halfway decent clothing, even though casual clothing nowadays is, is the norm. Um, but, you know, holes, clothes without holes in them and stuff like that. Um, you know the kind. You know, I, I'm, I know I'm talking to adults out there. So, um, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, most people have a need for self-esteem, meaning that uh, meaning, which is uh, soundly based on a real capacity of achievement. OK. I remember when I was. um when I was 12 years old, my, my parents divorced. They separated and divorced. And one day, my dad, probably the last time he was in that house, 
he called me aside and he said, look, he says, I'm not going to be here anymore. You're going to have to be the man in the house. Now that was at that time. I thought that was wonderful. You know, Hey, I get to be the boss and everything, you know? Um, but it didn't turn out that way. Okay. Um, being the man of the house doesn't mean being a boss. It means um, doing things that are in respect, caring for your loved ones and uh, making sure they're safe and things like that. Well, anyway, what happened was we lived in an apartment and uh, the light switch had gone out, you know, the ones on the wall, you flick up and down and um, we need a new light switch. And <laughs> we were at the store and I bought a light switch. And then I was thinking to myself, how in the world am I going to put this together? I knew nothing about electricity, nothing about switches. Well, I pulled the other one out of the wall and um, <laughs> I worked on the live wires too. I forgot, to, I didn't know about shutting the wires off, uh, the electro off. But anyway, um, I just copied what the old switch looked like, you know, <laughs> black went here, white went there and that was it. And I put it back in the wall and boy, did I feel a sense of achievement. I felt, I felt self-esteem. I did. And it's the first thing that I can remember, you know, remember the age of 12 is around puberty. And that's when uh, boys and girls change into young men and young women. And that's when we start accepting and, and being expected to do the, the responsibility of young men and women. Well, anyway, being the man of the house, as my father put it, and then having put that switch in just made me, it made me feel good. Like I was moving along, like I was, that was a hurdle that made me realize that, Hey, I'm, I'm not just a kid anymore. I'm, I'm somebody that's growing into an adult and at 12 years old. That's, that's a really important thing to know that, you know, you're not going to be stuck being a kid the rest of your life unless, you know, some people never grow up. So, um, but, uh, anyway, I don't want to go there. Um, and let's see cognitive needs. Okay. Um, after esteem needs, cognitive needs need to come next to in a um, hierarchy of needs. People have cognitive cognitive needs such as creativity, uh, foresight, curiosity, and meaning. I'll tell you, you, look at today's society and you don't really see much foresight, do you? It's like, do what you want to do now. And I don't care what happens to me later. Um, and, so those four things are very important. Well, creativity, foresight, curiosity, and meaning are very important. Um, individuals who enjoy activities that require deliberation and brainstorming have a greater need for cognition. Individuals who are unmotivated to participate in the activity, on the other hand, have a low demand of cognitive abilities. Okay. And I think we know people that are of the second group. I think we've all met them and worked with them. Okay. Then we have aesthetic needs. What does that mean? It means needs to look good. Um, after reaching one's cognitive needs, it would, um, it would progress to aesthetic needs to beautify one's life. Okay. This would consist of having the ability to appreciate beauty within the world around oneself on a day-to-day -day basis, according to Maslow's theories, in order to progress towards self-actualization, humans require a beautiful imagery or novel and um, aesthetically pleasing experiences. 
humans must immerse themselves in nature's splendor while paying close attention to observing the sur- their surroundings in order to extract the world's beauty. The uh, higher level needed or needs, excuse me, this higher level needs to connect uh, with um, nature resulting in an endearing sense of intimacy with nature and all that is endearing. Okay. After reaching one's cognitive needs, it would progress to aesthetic needs to beauty oneself. Um, this would be improving one's physical appearance to ensure its beauty to balance the rest of the body. Now, also one thing it doesn't put in here, one of the factors that people want to look, uh, become aesthetic and look better is, um, attraction of the opposite from the opposite sex and acceptance by your peers. Okay. I'm surprised they didn't put that in there. Um, okay. So the next one is self-actualization. Now we're, we're moving up. There's only this one and the one after it. Um, cause the one after it is the top. Okay. And you see how we're progressing. We're progressing from the basal things, food, clothing, and shelter, um, all the way into, because even the animals need some kind of food and clothing, well, food and shelter. Much of it's the, the trees or some animals live under rocks. Uh, some politicians live under rocks too. Um, anyway, um, so you see how it's moving up to a more intelligent, more cognizant sort of uh, person or uh, group of people, I should say. And that's what separates us from the animals. That's, and, and plus, plus we were made special by Yahweh. Um, that's the big thing right there. Okay. So self-actualization, um, what a man, uh, what a man can be, he must be. This quotation forms the basis of, uh, of the perceived need of self-actualization. Uh, this level of need refers to realization of one's full potential. Maslow uh, describes this as a desire to accomplish everything that one can and become the most that one can be. It's uh, many times it's illustrated in scripture about Paul. Uh, he says, I've run the race. Um, you know, back then the race, um, I'm trying to say here, um, it, it was a metaphor that he used to say that he just didn't sit around. He actually worked. He ran the race. He, he, um, he used other metaphors too, to describe, um, reaching the, the end, the final goal. Okay. Maybe goal is a good word because it has sports connotations and it has regular, um, life applications too. So, um, going for the goal, going for the gold and, um, and, and striving to, um, oh, what was that song? Um, there was a song we sang at chorus when I was in intermediate school. Um, um, I can't remember the name of this song. Um, but it talks for, it talks about, oh, I wish I would have remember, remember to look this up before I got online. Um, but, uh, it talks about being able to march into hell for a heavenly cause. And, uh, and so that when you finally reach your, the pinnacle of your life, which for many of us is just before we die, 
because then we've we've accomplished everything we're going to accomplish because you know even though we're retired and old we still accomplish things some really good things actually um but um it's it's very important to to um to strive for the gold to go for the gold to go for the gusto if you're a budweiser fan um and uh not that i'm condoning drinking okay i'm not uh it's just something that years and years of uh programming by television have made me remember um but uh to try to do the best you can and uh you know knowing that we're we're supposed to strive to be perfect we'll never be perfect but you still should strive for it so that you can do the best you can do um okay that's enough of that uh transcendence is the last one it's the very top of the pyramid okay uh maslow later subdivided subdivided the triangle's top to include self transcendence whoa self transcendence also known as spiritual uh, spiritual needs spiritual needs differ from other types of needs in that they can be met on multiple levels which uh this needs which needs is when this need is met excuse me it reduces feelings of integrity and raises things to a higher plane of existence in his later years maslow explored a further dimension of motivation while criticizing his original version of self-actualization um, by these later ideas, one finds the fullest realization in giving oneself so- to something beyond oneself. For example, uh, in altruism or spirituality, he equated with this desire to reach the infinite. In, in other words, God. Um, transcendent refers to the very highest and most inclusive or holistic levels of human consciousness, behaving and relating as ends as ends rather than means to oneself to significant others to human beings in general and to other species to nature and to the cosmos so it's funny because when we reach the self-actualization part you know if we let it go we could be high-minded and um narcissistic or sociopathic or psychopathic and thinking that we're it hey we're we're the cat's meow we're we're the the head cheese and everything else but um if one's honest with oneself which i know all of you are we come to the point where we have to realize that there's something higher than us there's something that is infinite there's something that cannot be reached um in, in uh believing in yeshua uh otherwise known as christianity uh, we realize that although we're special in this creation and although we were created to attain the highest that we could possibly attain, um, that it's basically dirty rags. It's nothing. Okay. Unless we give the credit to Yahweh for getting there. Okay. That's important. Um, if we think we did it ourselves, we're deceived and we're fooled. Okay. And then we, if we don't catch that, we, we end up becoming more deceived and more fooled and, uh, and it leads to destruction. But, um, realizing that everything like, like this. Okay. This is the way you might look at it. 
and please humor me, okay? Um, I know that Yahweh, and, and Scripture says that that He knew us before the foundation of the world, okay? Well, how did He know us? Because a lot of people say, "Oh, yeah, well, we were alive before we were incarnated." No, I don't think so. But he knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. And because of this, he knows us and he knew us because we got to stop thinking in linear terms. Yahweh is, there's no linear in heaven in that, in that realm. Okay. There's no time. There's no space. It's all spiritual. And that's how he can be at the beginning of time and at the end of time at the same time. And not just at the beginning and the end, but all throughout it. I often think of it as a, a bubble in a in a very vast, uh, a time-space linear bubble in a very vast, um, timeless and spaceless uh, environment, if that makes any sense. But realizing that when we are able to realize that, we that he had things planned from the beginning, we, we begin to see that, for lack of better words, okay, that we're living in a play or a hologram. We're living in something that was written by Yahweh and is orchestrated by Yahweh with many different characters in it, well, several billion human beings, um, plus fallen angels, <clears throat> holy angels, seraphim, um, all the all the angelic orders and so this creation is was written down it was it was recorded and completed before it ever began and it just reminds me of a play it reminds me of um uh okay it might, like if you went to see name a play west side story Okay, if you want to see West Side Story, you know that the author had the vision of what that play was going to be like before it ever came to the stage. He wrote it, he choreographed it, he put in every little door knock, every little creaking door opening, every little uh, every little thing that's in that play he put in there. Okay, the only difference is that with Yahweh, since we're humans and and we're and we do have faults and and we are fallen creatures excuse me let me get another sip of coffee before it gets cold okay um we tend to mess things up but let me ask you do we really mess them up often when i think about messing up or or sinning or whatever you want to call it i think to myself I put a dent in God's plans, but did I really, did I really put a dent in God's plans? Because since he wrote the script and to him, the script is, has begun, played and ended. Okay. Since that's the case with, with Yahweh, how he looks at our lives and in and, and all of history, any mistake that we made was actually predicted and written down in in his um his screenplay or his uh however you want to put it 
And it was actually written in as being part of it. Okay. Uh, I hope you're following me. Um, so let's say that, oh boy, let's say I'm driving down the, down the road and some guy really pisses me off while I'm driving. And I, you know, I use a few words in, in my car, uh, describing him as something that's not really good. And, and then afterwards I feel remorse that I said that. Okay. Now, did I really make a mistake or, well, yeah, I made a mistake. Of course I did. I sinned, right? But then afterwards, the Holy Spirit reminded me that I sinned and I repented. And I might have even asked the Lord to bless that guy, to give him a great day. Uh, you know, then you start thinking, well, maybe, you know, maybe he's going to the hospital and he's all freaked out because his wife's in the hospital or, um, Maybe he's out getting something for an emergency at the home or something like many, many, many different things go into play. And then you realize that, Hey, you know, you again, you realize you were wrong by doing that. And, and, but it helps you learn for the next time. So you don't do it anyway. Um, so when we make a mistake, I think it's already written into the script as being part of the script. It's not, he doesn't like cross a line out and say, no, David did this, you know, he knew I was going to do it because he saw me do it before I did it. And when he was writing his script, he just included that in there on such and such a day. David got angry at a driver and, and cursed down him. But then David realized that he was wrong and asked me for forgiveness and, and everything's fine. And David learned a lesson from this for the next time. So anyway, I, you know, that's when, when you have, uh, transcend, uh, transcendence, um, uh, things going on in your life, transcendence, excuse me. Um, when you have those things going on in your life, you, you have a, a no knowledge that there's something greater than you and that something or someone, in this case, it's Yahweh. And, and really it's the, he's the only one, but you know, there's other people that go off on tangents, but, um, realizing that he's he's above us and that of course uh, with Yeshua that he died on the cross for us and his blood was shed for us and stuff like that and and realize because imagine what the transcendence was like before Yeshua was here man you sinned uh, if you I'm talking about if you're in the Hebrew nation uh you sinned you'd have to get one of your favorite lambs take it down there or even a pigeon if you couldn't afford a lamb and, uh, and take it down there and sacrifice it. And then God would see that. Yahweh would see that and he would cover your sin, not clean it, cover it. Cleaning, the uh, cleaning came later. Um, but, uh, anyway, uh, so that sin would live with you all the time. Imagine what David with, with Bathsheba and Uriah. I wonder how many times afterwards he thought about that. Now that's an extreme case. And people like me and you would think about that anyway, right? <laughs> Hey, I, I killed a man so I could be with his wife. You know, that's something that you don't just give up. I mean, if you, I mean, give up thinking about, um, but you know, if it's something more simple, I put that in human terms because sin is sin to God. But, um, but if it's something like I just described before getting mad at that guy, you know, um, 10 years later, I'm probably not going to remember that. 
okay, because it was kind of trite compared to other things. But it seems with us, the, the worse the things are, the more we remember them. Just thought I heard a strange noise outside. If I see blue light coming through the window, <laughs> I have to go into prayer mode. Um, anyway. Alrighty. So that basically describes that. Okay. Now I, I did that because we're going to go into other things now. Um, about how things are going to be taken away from us. We've already gone through the whole COVID-19 things, and there's still a lot of people that are going to die from that uh, coming down the pike. And there's still people that are crazy enough to take more and more shots of that. Um, and, and, you know, I, that goes beyond anything I could describe, nor do I want to describe that. Um, but so we went through that, and there are those of us, many of us, that said, no, we're not going to do that. And... Um, and I think we're better for it, not better than the other people, but we're not going to suffer like a lot of people are, are going to suffer in the future as, a, as many are suffering right now. Um, but, um, that kind of, it should have woken everybody up as to what the government's up to and what the new, new world order's up to and agenda 2130, um, um, and all those people that are out to take over the world. And they're not going to be happy until the whole scenario that happens in the book of Revelation comes about. You know, until there's one man and he's worshipped by everybody on earth, um, whether they want to do it out of their own free will or out of uh, just being uh, subservient to an authoritarian figure. Uh, so that time is coming, but... Things have to be broken down first. They call it a new world order for a reason because the old world, which, you know, we're rapidly leaving behind us here, that's being taken away from us, is, is perishing. And uh, it's being morphed into something that is more hideous than it was. Um, it just looks really, you know, it looks really good. How many of you, and I'm going to raise my own hand. How many of you have done something because you think the grass is greener on the other side of the hill only to find out that it's dead grass and that you were better where you were before? Okay. And that's the way this is going to turn out. It's going to look beautiful. Oh yeah, sure. The idea of, um, free healthcare, uh, universal income, you know, th those things are kind of appealing to some people, not to me. Um, Although the healthcare is, is interesting and I probably could, could use that, but, um, but where does that take you? Where does it lead to? It leads you into slavery, uh, more than we are now. Let's put it that way. Um, so, um, things have to disappear. They have to be taken away from us. And this whole thing with the COVID-19 vaccinations was a test to see how far people can be pushed before they rebel. And so how long did it take? Well, there was people that rebelled the whole time, but now that some of the people that were compliant are starting to rebel. A um, little too late, I think. A little too little, a little too late. Um, but people are waking up. But it's kind of like having a dream in a dream. You know, you have a nightmare in a dream, and then you wake up to the dream, and you realize that, 
the nightmare was just a prequel to what you're going through right now, or, you know, maybe a hope that things will get better. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a lose-lose situation basically. So anyway, let's, um, I was thinking the other day, you know, because they've, there's already a problem with the food. Okay. In that, oh my goodness, let's look at how many ways there's problems with the food. First of all, the food is tainted. Much of it's GMO now. If you eat anything corn, you're eating GMO. Okay. Um, many of the vegetables are GMO. Uh, you might go to the store and go, hey, that Fuji apple's beautiful. I think I'm going to have some of that, you know. Um, well, apples just don't grow bigger on their own unless they're uh, genetically uh, mo- motiv- or modified. Excuse me. Um, and, um, and I get a kick out of, and I've said this before and right now, I'm going to say it again because I love to say this. Uh, there's the dopers out there that, you know, that are trying to be, um, healthy, you know, oh yeah, we're only going to eat, um, organic. We're only going to, we're going to grow organic crops. We're going to do this organic, you know, we're going to plant, we're going to put organic rocks out in the front yard. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but but they smoke the dope. Now, if you want to talk about a GMO product, <laughs> look at marijuana. Because it has been tweaked and messed with for decades to become one of the most important, uh, most potent, excuse me, um, drugs that there is. It's a problem nowadays because it's so strong that it's causing people to get psychosis if they smoke too much of it for too long. And I can prove that. Um, so, yeah, if you're a doper and you're trying to stay healthy, <laughs> good luck with that. Um, good luck with trying to stay away from GMO stuff because the stuff you're putting in your lungs is more GMO than anything else that you're eating or could eat. Okay. Um so anyway, the food's tainted. Um, it's being tainted through motor, um, through DNA manipulation. It's being tainted through um, things in the soil, through stuff that's coming down from the sky, from uh, from uh, chemtrails. Uh, it's just a mess. Okay, so the food's tainted, but the food that we're we're normally used to getting from the supermarket. Yeah, right now it's in pretty good supply. But you'll notice that things are getting harder and harder to get. And not just food, okay? Here's a good thing. Um, the, I mean, a good thing to use as an example. Pardon me, I got a... Oh, I got a big dog sleeping down next to me and I got to move my leg. Okay. Um. Here in Oregon, we're, we're a lumber state, okay? Uh, you can't go anywhere without seeing lumber trucks. And they're all over the place. They're, and they're usually full of lumber and, or I mean timber. And they're taken to the mill and turned into lumber. And even with that, we're told that there's a lumber shortage here. And what used to, a two by four, I think used to cost like $3. Uh, they're way up there now. They're more like 15 or $20 now, if not more. Okay. All because there's a shortage. Okay. Um, now a few months ago, 
we were coming up uh, Highway 99. We were coming from a place called, uh, well, from Eugene, but we go through Junction City and, and come up 99 that way. Sometimes it's a nicer ride than the freeway. And um, there were train tracks that parallel the road. And there was one train that must have had 50 or 60, I think I counted like, no, 72 cars all loaded with lumber. Now you tell me there's a lumber shortage when you have just one train that's got that much lumber. You drive by the lumber yards, they're full. The mills, they got stuff all over the place. I'm sorry, there is no lumber shortage and there's no reason for the price to go up except if you don't want people building homes because it's almost impossible to build a home nowadays with the price of lumber. Okay, there's ways to get around it and I'm not going to say it because I don't want the enemy to know what it is. Um, Anyway, food shortages, okay? That's what we're talking about. Uh, yes, there are. There, there's going to be food shortages, but one reason there's going to be food shortages, and we're going to go right back to the lumber, like we talked about, uh, not the lumber, the, the trucking, the trains, like we talked about last week, what do they run on? Petroleum products, okay? Petroleum products are getting very expensive because the Democrats who are working with the New World Order and want to kill this country, and turn it into a, the USSA, the United Socialist States of America. Um, they're in control right now, and they're just um, they're just destroying the the nation. Plus, they're destroying us. Well, we are the nation, right? Um, that's what we're told. Anyway, that's what we were grow, growing up to uh, to believe. We were taught to believe when we were growing up. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know. All politicians, I think, are pretty well corrupt but uh, the democrats really take the cake um and they all should hang for treason but whether that happens i i don't know if that'll ever happen but they need to um so okay so we got the food shortages now clothing now let's talk about shelter since we were talking about lumber okay and then we'll go back to clothing because that's kind of the crux of the conversation here and i just want to check to see how we're doing on time all right, we've been past 45 minutes. We're okay. Um, shelter. Okay, we mentioned that wood costs a lot. All right? So you can't buy homes because they cost too much. Unless you're rich, of course. But then if you're rich, you don't have the problems that everybody else has anyway. Um, and you don't have them bigger than we have them either. So... Uh, so you can't build a house for very cheap anymore, which means the price of housing goes up. Which means people can't afford them, which means people are going to be forced to live in apartments, okay, in cities. You don't find very many apartments in small towns, okay? So what's the deal here? Well, part of the um, agenda 2020 and, uh, 2020 and 2030 is to get people out of the country and into the cities because when people are in the cities, they're more controllable. You know, you can't really move around that much in this. Here out in the country, man, you could take a country road and escape and get the heck out of everywhere. You know, it's, um, or you go hide out in the woods or whatever. But uh, in the city, that does not exist, except maybe in the sewers and stuff like that. But nowadays, they have so many things that can find even in the sewers. It's not funny. Um, plus, they could just drop gas down in the sewers and wipe on anybody who want to, right? Um so, okay, get people out of the country and into the cities where they can be controlled better. 
So if you eliminate the, uh, if you make it very hard for people to be able to buy property and homes out in the country, which so many people want to do, then, and what about fixing your home out in the country? Now, uh, where we live up on the mountain, you know, it rains a lot more here. So since it rains a lot more here, the water gets into the wood and everything else. So you got to fix things out in the country more than you do in city. Um, so first of all, there's the drive to the hardware store, the lumber yard. You, you drive, you need gas. You need more gas than people in the city do. So especially with the prices of gas now, which I'm glad I don't live in California because that's ridiculous what they're getting for gas or paying for gas down there. Um, but so you got to spend extra gas getting to the hardware store. Then you got to pay more for the wood. Nails aren't cheap anymore. Uh, tools are expensive because most of them are made in China and they're imported and the ships are sitting out in the ocean still, um, not being emptied as far as, you know, latest I've heard anyway. Um, so you got that going on. So. Shelter is getting harder and harder to find. Now, also, when you're going to try to put crowd people into the cities, um, you know, if you got a family with uh, two adults and, uh, you know, mother and father and, and five kids, <laughs> that's a big apartment, okay, if you can find one or a big house in the city even. And buying a house in the city is ridiculous anyway. It's just they want too much money for them. So you're, you're, you're priced out of that market. So you're forced to live in an apartment and overcrowd it because you have a large family. And then you always get undesirables that come and live in apartments. Always. Not sometimes, not never, but always. And they usually ruin it for everybody else. And nowadays you can't get people out of apartments like you used to, you know? So you're stuck with these people, these, um, these morons that like to ruin life for everybody else. So that's a big problem. So that crime goes up. Okay. With crime comes murder. Murder goes up. Uh, robbery, theft all go up. Society crumbles more when there's more people piled into a small area. Trust me. I'm from Bergen County, New Jersey. I know. Um, for the longest time, we were the most populated county in, um, in all the United States. I think there is what eight. No, I can't remember how many people there were per square mile. I don't even want to misquote it. So, uh, but it was the most. I don't know if it still is, but it was. <clears throat> um, so there's a lot of problems with moving into the cities, okay? But they want everybody in there. If you can stay out in the country, do everything you can to do it. And then you got idiots like um, Bill Gates going around buying up all this farmland just so he can't grow anything. You know, you don't use the land. The land goes to waste. Um, farmers at least cultivate the land. They make it look really nice. Actually, there's some guy down the road here. He's he must have a thousand cattle. Then they just all had babies too, calves. <laughs> so the guy had a really good year. Um, and so did the bull that they, they let in there had a really good year too. Um, but, uh, I digress. So, okay, so that's shelter. Now, what about clothing? And this is the crux of, crux of my conversation tonight. Um, and expands a little more on what we talked about last week. Okay, so we know there's cotton. I love cotton clothing. I won't wear anything but cotton. And I don't like blends. 
Plus, the Taurus says we're not supposed to wear blends. But um, anyway, so cotton, I've always liked it. It, it's, it just works for me. Okay. I can't wear um, polyester. It just bothers me. Um, I don't think I've tried to wear Well, I don't wear nylons. <laughs> but um, anyway, so <clears throat> let's look at some of the, the synthetic pro- um um, fabrics that are out there. Okay. And you're going to see one common thing with all of them. And again, that's going to go back to what we talked about last week. Okay. All right. What's polyester? Polyester is a synthetic fabric that it's usually derived from petroleum. This fabric has, is one of the world's most popular textiles and is used in thousands of different consumer and industrial applications. Chemically, polyester is a polymer primarily composed of compounds with uh, uh, the ester functional group, whatever that is. Um, But it's derived from petroleum. Okay. All right. So we got that established. All right. What's another product that they make clothes out of? Oh, let's see. We'll save nylon for a little later. Rayon, I think I think rayon's one that's used, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, let's look at rayon. See what that's all about. All right. Okay, the question is: uh, Is rayon natural or synthetic? And this is one thing I like about Google because I don't like much about Google, but they have all these questions and then there's answers, um, and it's usually right at the beginning of your search. Um, is rayon natural? Yes, rayon is any type of synthetic or semi-synthetic fiber, depending on who you ask, that is made from cellulose because rayon fibers are made from tree pulp and plant pulp. Companies now market rayon as natural fibers. But what they don't tell you is that it has a lot to do with petroleum because when you look it up, um, let's see. Okay, cellulose. Okay, uh, over here it has fiber type, cellulose fiber. Source, petroleum product. Hmm, interesting. Made from oil. Okay. Let's go to Lycra. Also known as spandex, I do believe. Um, Lycra is a synthetic fabric, fabric that's very elastic. It's made in combination of polyester and polyurethane. Um, due to its strength and elasticity, lycra is popular fiber in clothing. Polyester. Now, what did we read about? Oh, yes, it's a petroleum product, and so is polyurethane. All right. Very interesting. And all you ladies that wear spandex, and you guys that wear it too, because if you're running using uh, running pants, a lot of times they're made out of spandex, you're wearing a petroleum product. Okay. Oh, what's nylon made out of? Shall we look? More specifically, nylons are a family of materials called polyamides made from reacting carbon-based chemicals found in coal and petroleum in high-pressure heated environment. The chemical reaction known as condensation polymerization forms a large polymer in the form of a sheet of nylon. Oh, look at that. Petroleum. Coal and petroleum. And 
okay, we won't talk about that yet. Okay. Uh, let's see. There's two more fibers. Let's look at this one, acrylic. Okay. Uh, now I know that if the minute I hear acrylic, I think of paint. Okay. Uh, there's oil and there's acrylic. And oil paint's got to have oil in it, right? Uh, what kind of oil? I don't know. I'd have to look that up, and I didn't. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, let's see. Instead, let's see. I don't know why it's saying instead. Instead, acrylic fiber produced artificially through a synthetic polymer known as acrylantrile. Yeah, acrylantrile is derived from petroleum or coal-based chemicals. Oh, isn't that interesting? Synthesized for for acrylic resin pellets. The resin is formed into pellets and then extruded through a shower-like device known as a spinneret. Oh, another petroleum product. This is interesting. Okay, and finally, we're going to look at not, uh, microfibers. Okay, I think do we do nylon? I don't know if we did nylon. In case we didn't. Oh, yeah, we did. Never mind. All right. What are microfibers? Now, this is the the new phase, the new fad. You know, microfibers, it's supposed to be better and everything. Everything's always supposed to be better. You know, it's better. This is better. It's better than what we thought was better before, which is what was better than what we thought was better before that. You know, and God... It's like new and improved um, petroleum clothes. Okay, let's see. Now, this is microfibers. While cotton is a natural fiber, microfiber is made from synthetic materials, typically a polyester nylon blend. Oh, didn't we read that polyester and nylon are both petroleum products? Uh, microfiber is very fine, as much as one one hundredth of the diameter of a human hair and about one-third of the diameter of a cotton fiber. Okay, so it looks like microfiber is also a petroleum product. Okay, now, last week, what did we talk about? We talked about oil, about gas, about um, all this stuff that's going on, supposedly, and I don't believe this for a minute, because of Ukraine. It did. It wouldn't have to go on if... Um, the, uh, the dumb little puppet up in the White House would uh, would open up the pipelines here. We Before Biden got in, we were self-sufficient with oil. And we were even selling oil to other nations. But um, because he wants to destroy this country. And he's doing a damn good job of it, too. Pardon my French. Um, he shut down the pipelines, which means we're oil dependent again, which is why we're paying the prices we're paying which is why the truckers can't run as far as they want to in the trains. Um, and why you have to pay more to get to work if you, if you commute. Um, okay. So not only is gas, diesel, and well, some, that, some of the, um, the liquid gases too are petroleum products and they're used for heating. And what's, and what's used to make electricity? Coal. That's another aspect. Electricity prices are going to get higher because the coal the coal mines have been shut down by Joe Biden or Brandon, however you want to call him. Um, so so electricity is going to get higher pretty soon, and that's that's going to be a problem. 
Okay. So where was I going with this? Okay. So since there's an oil crisis and oil is so expensive, it's going to be more expensive to make clothes. But what if all of a sudden this market crashes? Because it could very easily crash. It could get to the point where oil goes up to $400 a barrel, which means you and I ain't going to be driving. And very few trucks are going to be driving too, which is why they're trying to push electric trucks. Well, that's not why, but they're trying to push electric trucks because they're cleaner for the environment. Everything's got to be cleaner for the environment. The environment in the United States, talking about the air right now, is so much better than it was when I was a kid. So is the water too, matter of fact. Um, when I was a kid, you could see the smog everywhere not just los angeles but everywhere and gasoline had lead in it so every time a car drove by it was spewing lead in your in your system basically so they got rid of the lead and they, they made unleaded gas with um catalytic converters which basically turned your exhaust into nitrogen and water now since when is water a bad thing and the atmosphere already has nitrogen in it so matter of fact it's the the biggest component of air <laughs> So, um, anyway, so that's a big lie. Okay. Um, I remember, um, there was a river in New Jersey. I think it was in New Jersey back in the sixties that caught fire. I think it was the Passaic river, if I'm not mistaken, in Bergen County or uh, making the border between Passaic and Bergen County caught on fire, uh, because it was dirty, it had lots of oil and stuff in it. Well, that's what happens. Um, uh, I can remember, uh, Back in the 70s, uh, I had a cousin that, and I'm not going to mention his name. He's still alive, and, and I love the guy, and I don't want to defame him. But um, he was at a kegger party in um, in East Rutherford, in, in New Jersey, um, down by the river, Passaic River. And somebody made, gave him a challenge. You know, we'll, we'll give you a keg of beer or something if you swim across the Passaic River. Now, this is the 70s, remember, so it wasn't as clean as it is now. And... Um, as a matter of fact, the Hudson River is so clean now that you can fish from it and eat the fish. But, um, and, and that's in New Jersey, New York too. So anyway, um, so he swam the river and he got to the other side and got out and he was covered with oil and leeches. And of course he swam back and, uh, I don't know if he stayed there drinking the keg or not, but, um, I think he was so blitzed. He probably didn't even realize that this stuff was on him, but it was. And, uh, so anyway, it just goes to show you, now that river is really clean now, okay, because they quit dumping stuff in it, and and the government uh, got after them about dumping stuff, and they got fined a lot of money for doing it. These companies did, and they don't do it anymore. So um, so these rivers are getting cleaned up, folks, and, and they're pretty darn good, too. So if we got clean air and we got clean water, what's the problem here? Why do we need to go to electric cars, okay? It's because... If look at electric cars, okay. Um, if a if a cop wants to stop you, uh, and you're not going to stop with a if you have a car that's older than 1973, uh, let me let me tell you something. Back in um, California, back oh, it must have been ten, uh, it must have been about fifteen or twenty years ago. There was a rumor going around, and it was substantiated that there's little loops in the freeway that were put in there 
um, so that they could put devices in there to, to hit it. And when it hits it, it, it kills the car engine that's going over that. Okay. It's like an electric magnetic pulse. Okay. An EMP. And it kills it because of the electronics in the car. Now, the cars that are older than 1973 and older don't have all electronics in it. You know, they're basically a mechanical engine, electromechanical engine, and not electronic, but electro. Um, and if they went over that loop and they hit it, nothing would happen because it doesn't have an, um, an electronic system to kill. It doesn't have a computer. And that's what I'm looking for, actually. One of these days, I'd like to pick up a truck that's, I don't care what condition it's in, that's uh, early in 1973. And just in case. <laughs> um, but anyway, we have an electric car, though. It's all electronic. Bam, they can shut your car off anytime they want to. All right? Um, so there, that's, there's one thing right there. You can't get away from from anybody or anything. Okay. The batteries in those cars are made of lithium. Lithium is a pollutant. Okay. So I think what they say, Tesla batteries last, I think, seven years or something like that. And then they have to be replaced. And they are expensive. All electric batteries for cars are very expensive. If you buy them new, sometimes you can get them older or um, remanufactured and they're a lot cheaper. But still, it's an added expense. Um, so... They want to push for electric cars, electric trucks. Now, this idiot we have for a governor in here, Kate Brown, a few years ago, she was trying to push for um, the law said that everything that was older than 2008, I think it was at that time, um, that it would have to be replaced because uh, they, were, especially if it was a diesel, because it was they're very polluting. And if you, you know anything about diesel, that smoke that comes out of there, it goes up and, and it comes right down. You don't see it coming down, but it comes down and lands on the ground and it dissipates and it's gone. Okay. Um, it's basically soot. And same, you get soot from your fireplace too. Oh, that's another thing they want to eliminate burning in your fireplace here in Oregon. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I just thought about that or remembered it. So she wanted to get rid of all diesels, which meant that every farmer would probably have to get new machines for his farm. You know what that does to farmers? It kills them. Because most of their stuff they have patched together because they can't afford new stuff. But with her plan, she wanted everybody to get rid of their stuff and buy new vehicles. Okay? And there's a woman running for governor now, as a matter of fact. She was in the, the legislature here in Oregon, and she helped to fight against that. And it got it killed, which is really good. But... Um, and that's the thing these liberals do. They think about this stupid stuff. You know, if a liberal walks up to you and says, I was thinking, get ready. Because <laughs> it, it's going to cost you money or it's going to cost you time. Um, so anyway, uh, getting back to the whole oil thing and, um, and the electric thing. Um, so you got coal that's been, many of the, the coal mines have been shut down again. They were reopened by Donald Trump and they were shut down again. Um, and I feel for the coal miners, they're a hardworking group of guys, man. If you're a coal miner and you listen to this show, man, I love you. I really do. You're, uh, you're a symbol of what this country is all about. Okay. Hardworking, independent people. Um, so electricity, like I said, is going to get expensive here in the future, uh, because now a lot of it's hydroelectric and, um, 
some of it's fuel powered uh, still, I think, by oil. See, big oil has has a way of manipulating government and getting around things. So um, I'd like to see how they're going to get around the Green Deal if that ever goes through. Uh, okay, so that's um, the fuel. Okay, um, let's see, where is it going here? So the fuel's getting expensive. Um, okay, so if the fuel's expensive, you can't commute to work. And most people work in cities where you got to go. You got to go live in a city. Okay. <laughs> got to sell your house in the country or unless they take it away from you and go live in the city. Um, so the whole thing is a depopulation agenda. They couldn't really kill that many with the, the shot. Although, you know, that remains to be seen because I think a lot of people are still going to, um, still going to die from it. And, um, that's a shame. It really is. But uh, they realized that they couldn't kill everybody with it because, you know, if they did, then uh, you talk about revolution in a country, my goodness, or revolting against the New World Order, which a lot of people are doing anyway. But um, so food, clothing, and shelter. Now, when you get rid of those things or you take them away or force people to accept something that they don't want, let me go back to Maslow's real quick here. Okay, I'm going to open up a bigger version of it so I can read it. So, physiological needs. Okay. And again, I went to the wrong page. Okay. So, air. I'm surprised they don't charge for air yet. The water's, I don't know. We have to drink bottled water here because our well has um, uh, arsenic in it. So... But more and more people are buying water because they're being told that the water is polluted out there. Whether it is or not, I don't know, but I really don't believe it. But, you know, with the chemtrails and stuff like that and that garbage falling in the water, it doesn't surprise me. Okay, we talked about food. Um, sleep. Okay. I don't know about you, but my sleep patterns changed a lot. And I think it has a lot to have that has to do with concern for what's going on. Um, when you see these different things going on with the shot, for instance, and um, the oil shortage and everything, and, <clears throat> and now everybody on, on the mainstream media is talking about a recession coming, that could keep you awake. We talked about the clothes, that things are going to get hard with an oil shortage, and then you got all these clothes that are made out of food, uh, excuse me, out of oil. Um, so the only thing that's going to be left is cotton, and I, I don't put it past them to um, to create a crisis where the cotton the cotton uh, crops start failing. Okay, uh, maybe they'll introduce some kind of boll weevil that can't be killed by um, uh, insecticides, or something else will come out to kill it. Um, so you won't have cotton, you won't have any of the plastics. Um, because they're too expensive to create clothes with. Okay. We talked about shelter. Okay. Uh, going down the safety needs. We talked about health. Well, we know what's going on with the healthcare. Healthcare is garbage anymore. Used to be really nice. Uh, personal security under the safety needs. Um, how many have heard that there's police departments that are telling people to get guns because they can't help them if something happens? Emotional security. 
I think more people are going to see shrinks now than ever before. You know, it's, it's sad, but this whole society and this whole new world order uh, implementation is bringing that about. And don't forget, if you go to see a shrink, then, and you have guns, then, hey, um, what's to say that when the time comes, the shrink doesn't say, hey, yeah, he's got guns and he's uh, on an antidepressant. Don't take his guns. Okay. Emotional security. Okay. I think we just did that, right? Um, financial security. Well, we're being told that there's a recession coming. Prices are going through the roof on everything. If you can find what you're looking for. Um, so that talks about the financial security. And really, I'm not worried about that one because I don't know. Yahweh has always provided, and I believe he's going to provide too when it comes to the fam- uh, the food stuff, especially out here in, in, in the woods. I, in the city, it's going to be pandemonium. But um, okay, let's look at the social belongings, families, man. A lot of families are messed up. Okay. Uh, a lot of people are, I've heard this more often in the last five years that they trust their dogs better more than they trust people. Okay. Well, that goes down to trust, but it also goes down to friendship because if you can't trust a friend and <laughs> um, people are getting into sensationalism, friends are, you know, they're getting into gossip and stuff like that. So you can't tell them personal things. So um acceptance i'll tell you what if you didn't take the shot you're not accepted a lot of places um and that affects people uh receiving and giving love and affection uh <laughs> scripture says um because the love of many will wax cold then uh, iniquity iniquity will abound well all you got to do is drive downtown eugene or or your pick your city and um and or um, turn on the news and you can see that iniquity is all around. When you got transsexuals teaching kids and um, and they have more rights than you have, then there's something wrong. Um, so now it's going to get to the the other needs, the uh, the psychological needs, the cognitive needs, the aesthetic needs. Um, did you know a lot of uh, a lot of um, makeup is oil-based, okay? Um, there's, it's just a mess. Um, cognitive needs. Uh, it's it's There's a day coming where, well, it's already here. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, in cognitive needs, you have a, you're, you're motivated to learn more, okay? Well, you can't learn more if you don't wear a mask because you can't go to the library. Well, it's open now, but still, this could come back any time. Um, you can't, if you don't wear a mask, you can't go to school. How are kids supposed to learn if they can't go to school? How are adults supposed to go to college if they don't want to wear a mask? Okay, so that kills your, your cognitive needs, basically. Um you can't, you can try to have foresight nowadays, but it's really hard because things are so weird. You don't know what's going to come and go. Um, anyway, um, aesthetic needs. Well, let's see. That would fall into some parts of it would fall into food. I mean, excuse me. Um, would fall into, well, let's go into food actually. 
because high glucose corn syrup is in just about everything that's sweetened, um, you know, naturally sweetened with no artificial sweeteners. But you can argue that um, high fructose corn syrup is natural or not. I don't think it is, but they call it natural. And um, your body doesn't put up with it. And your body stores fat because of it. Because, and since your body stores fat, you get overweight. When you're overweight, you don't have self-respect. And, uh, you know, and it's always been a stigma for people that are overweight to go out in public. Okay. Although nowadays people don't seem to care, but still, I think they do. Um, what else? Um, no, we'll just leave it at that for the, uh, for the beautifying yourself. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, we could go even farther, I guess, and say that, you know, even soaps and stuff that you use to wash your body are getting more expensive. Um, and with higher inflation, it's going to get even worse. Um, self-actualization okay um trying to live up to your full potential trying to do your best to to be the all you can be um and things like that um that's not an easy thing to do anymore because um you're basically kept down um especially if you're how do i put this without being labeled um especially if you're a doer and and you want to compete in something because um, the system is being set up to where um, groups of people that don't want to compete and want everything for free um, are being given the, um, the right to do so. And um, <clears throat> even in schools, you know, you can't, you can't grade properly anymore because you're being unfair to the slower students. Okay. Um, so, you know, and that takes away your want to be smarter, <laughs> at least in school. I mean, you can go to the library and learn on your own like Lincoln did, but um, he read books all the time, but um, he didn't go to the library. He just borrowed books and got it from people anyway. Um, so, trying to be all you, it, it doesn't pay anymore to be all you can be because you wanted to do that in the past so that you can get a better job. Uh, you can take care of your family better and stuff like that. But now everybody's taxed so much that you really don't earn more. Every time you, you get a raise, it seems to go for something else. Um, so, and they're, and basically when you think about it, they're trying to kill the middle class and make just rich and poor. So if you can't succeed in, in making yourself uh, more profitable and more intelligent so that you can become more po- um, profitable, then you give up hope and you don't do it. And then we go down to transcendence, meet needs. Um, when you're down and out, you can go two ways, okay? You can... Go to God or you can push God away. Okay. It's, it's, it's simple. You know, the, the, some people when, hopefully most people, when they, they're down and out, they run to God because they need the help. But there are some people that just say, Hey, you know, I've been praying all these years and you have, you're not helping me now. So, you know, see you later, God. I don't want nothing to do with you anymore. 
Okay. And, and it's becoming, <clears throat> and, and, and that's being met with the government giving you more. Okay. I was reading the other day that uh, the Democrats are trying to make it so that uh, healthcare is a right. You have the right to healthcare. Well, no, you don't. <laughs> Sorry, but you don't. Um, and you have the right for to this and the right for that. And, and so in a society where you used to have to work really hard to have health care, now you don't anymore. Now, I'm not trying to get down on people who are on, down and out and on assistance and stuff like that. Please don't think that I am because I've been there uh, several times, actually. And when I was there, I would have hoped that I would have had free health care, but it was never available. Um, <clears throat> and so I just hoped and prayed that I never got sick. And you always been really faithful because every time that I've had some kind of serious health issue, I've been working. So, um, but, um, uh, it's when you, when you come to that point where it seems hopeless, you know, like I said, you can turn to Yahweh and say, please help me. You know, I'm in need and I need your help. And, and believe it or not, it's usually in those times that he helps more than when you're, when you're prosperous. Because when you're prosperous, you don't need that help that much. But, uh, what did Yeshua say? He came to help the, the sick and, uh, yeah, he came to help the sick or something like that. In other words, a healthy person doesn't need help. A sick person does. Um, a rich person doesn't need help for that much. A poor person does. Um, so anyway, uh, you might find that God that's beyond yourself. Um, but will you adhere to him, meaning Yahweh? Because to me, there's, there are no other gods. There's Yahweh and then there's fallen angels that are pretending to be gods, um, and have pretended for millennia to be gods. And a lot of people worship them. Um, so it's it's all up to us what we do when those things happen. You know, are we going to stick with Yahweh or and and trust Him and have faith that He'll take care of us? I mean, look at Matthew and um, what was it the twenty fifth chapter? I think if I'm not mistaken, or is it the fifth chapter? Where he talks in Beatitudes. I think it's the fifth Matthew, and he talks about the uh, God taking care of the sparrows and if he or the birds of the air, and if He does, you know, are are we much more valuable than birds and and don't worry about what you're going to wear because uh, god will take care of it because even solomon in all of his glory was not as beautiful as one of the flowers that yeshua was talking about um the lilies of field um and so we can either trust in yahweh or we can tell them to take a hike uh if you're smart you stay with them and trust them um i don't know it's i would rather myself and having been through this a few times i would rather be without and trust yahweh be without worldly things i should say and trust yahweh than to cast them away and still be without those things um anyway that's where i stand on that but um so i hope that tonight talking about this stuff you know, we, we, we can see that there's an orchestrated plan to, um, to do away with, uh, a lot of the things that we're used to having here in the United States. 
um, and probably in, I can uh, count uh, Europe and um, current Europe and uh, Canada and a few other places, Australia and a few other places. And um, so um, now that the shot's out of the way or for right now it's out of the way um, or the death jab, I like to call it. There are things that are coming that um, for a further erosion of society and a further um, inculcation, that's a good word, to cause people to want to lose faith and give up and trust the government, whatever government that is. And um, our choice is to resist that. Okay. I don't want to trust the government. You know, it's, it's funny because years ago, my wife and I were, "Ah, we needed, we needed some help, but when we thought maybe, you know, we could get food stamps and stuff like that. But do you know that we made just a little too much money to get food stamps? Have we been poor? The system is designed that you want to be poor so you can get free things. That's what the system's designed for. Um, the people that are the backbone of paying into taxes and, and helping the things run in this country, um, when they run into a hard time, no, there's no help whatsoever. No help whatsoever. And, um, and it's designed to make you want to give up and quit. A lot of people did that, you know, um, during the COVID thing, um, you know, they're <laughs> with unemployment, they were paying $600 extra a month to people for unemployment. Well, some people were making more on unemployment than they were making working. And common sense would dictate, hey, you know, this is a cash cow. I'm going to stick with this. And a lot of people did. So a lot of the service um, industry suffered. Uh, Food services suffered. Some of them lost their business. Uh, You know, numerous restaurants closed because of uh, COVID-19. Sorry, but it's true. So it didn't just take its toll in killing people and maiming people and putting people in the hospital. It took its soul, its toll in all of society. And it was a biological weapon. It wasn't a virus. It was a biological weapon. Okay. Just remember that. Always remember that. Your government, along with the New World Order, released a biological weapon on you, the American people. And on me, of course. Um, okay, those things haven't been said. I think that uh, we're going to get ready to wrap up here. Because I would really like to get this show at least uh, uploaded to Rumble. And um, I don't see that uh, anybody has tried to get on the the um, chat room, which I didn't expect anyway. Uh, being the hour and this show was not advertised. Uh, to my friends that wanted to know when the show was playing tonight, if you're there, hello. Good to see you, or good to know that you're there. And um, we'll be back on Monday night, God willing, and the creek don't rise. Um, hopefully, Brian will be there. Um, he's just had a lot of things going, folks, um, family and household and and all that good stuff, you know. So he's um, he's missed a few. 
And, uh, but that's okay. Um, I have been seriously thinking, by the way, that, um, if I can't get Sky- Starlink in time, it's scheduled for the end of this year and my area isn't even, is on a waiting list. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to do something and it might be just going to two shows a month or something because the, um, the carrier Verizon that I use for the hotspot, uh, it's not for, it's not for the people that don't have money. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to have to reduce uh, my bill a little bit. So I'll be able to afford it. And, uh, may have to go to uh, just twice a month, uh, hopefully not just once a month, but I'd like to keep this alive, of course. But um, we'll see what happens, okay? So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and say adios. Go with God. Um, uh, let's see, adios be Yahweh, I guess. I don't know. Oh, wait a minute. There are people in the chat room. I'll be darned. Or there was. Great medical destruction. That was at 1024. It's 1130. Well, I think it's quite evident, uh, Swagmaster 0927. The, the medical system is being destroyed in this country. Um, it's not what it used to be. Uh, there was a time when people came from Canada to this country to get medical aid because it was so slow up in Canada. Um, I'm, I'm retired and I'm too young to be on Medicare. So I have to pay for my health care. And I understand that. Okay. But I went to the health exchange and I, um, it's not cheap. Um, and if you pick a plan that's cheap, which I did, cause that's all I could afford, you don't get hardly anything out of it, you know? So where's the, where's the help? <laughs> you know? Obamacare is a disgrace. It, um, it's nothing. It really is nothing. So let's see. So, uh, uh, Dank Haunts, you said oh, hi. I say hello back to you if you're still here. Thanks for coming. Yes. And this, uh, Kevin99GH, yes, this was, is live. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, that's about it for the, and somebody gave me a link that, um, I don't know. I just don't go to any link because especially with, uh, with Twitch, because there's, there's people that mean you not, not well, you know, and, um, I'm not going to click on something that, uh, may, uh, lead to problems with my computer or, uh, internet anyway. Never click links. That's right, Dank. Never click links. So, and the guy's name is Jammer James or Gamer James. Sorry. So sorry, James. Um, not going to do it. So, all right, Dank. Um, and you guys on the chat room, I'm going to be ending the show here. So, um, everybody, God bless you. And, uh, be back on Monday night, of course, like usual. Um, like I said, Lord willing and the creek don't, uh, good night and the creek and the <laughs> creek don't rise. Sorry. It's late. Um, 
so like I usually end, uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine on you. May he guard your going out and coming in, your rising up and your lying down. May he bring you the peace that passes all understanding through Yeshua, our Savior and King. Amen and amen. Okay. Well, good night, folks. See you later. Bye.